You're listening to the Claim the Throne Blogcast, coming on you with insights into what it's really like to be a do-it-yourself musician. Songwriting, recording, touring, marketing, music gear, and good old-fashioned band banter. It's me, Snake. Oh, no, Snakes. Claim the Throne is a metal band from Perth, Australia. For more info, head to claimthethrone.com and subscribe to this show in your podcast app. You are listening to the Claim of Throne Blodgecast, first actual episode of 2017. How you going there, Cabba? I'm bloody stoked, mate, and I'm, I could not be happier to do another podcast episode since our last one with Smitty was a bloody ripper. It was ripping, and uh, thanks to everyone who tuned in to that one, and I hope you've subscribed and uh, waiting for a lot more annoying uh, notifications from us each time we have a new episode. <laughs> yeah, indeed. What's the goss? Ah, Goss is that I've had a day off today, which has been pretty sweet. I like that we're both not wearing shirts over Skype. Yeah, I like it too. It's creeping me out a little bit. Major broner. Yeah, Dicey's new favourite word. (laughs) Yeah, it's good, eh? I've got a couple bits of uh, tidbits of opportunities for Aussie musicians just to start with, if that's okay. Fine with me. Uh, One is for people in WA, uh, Wham!, the WA Music Association have a Song of the Year competition happening at the moment for any songs that were written and or released in 2016. Uh, there's 16 categories. No surprise there. Of course. <laughs> and uh, Including a metal one. So I take it most of our listeners are metal. And uh, there is a specific category for that, which is really cool. Um, and there's just a yeah, bit, um, bit of prizes to win. I think 500 bucks if you win uh, your category... Or uh, if you win the whole lot, which if you're a metal band, you probably won't. But if you're really awesome, you might. And I think it's three grand cash, um, lots of recording uh, for free, uh, printing of CDs, um, microphones, all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, And if you're a Wham member, I think it's free to enter. If not, it might be 40 bucks a song roughly. Um, But I think it's worth it and, you know, get a bit of exposure and a bit of rep, something good for the resume if you have a wicked song. The other one is for other musos all around the nation of Australia. Uh, there's a government department called the Australia Council uh, of the Arts. I think over in WA we have um, Department of Culture and the Arts, or Arts WA I think it's called. So there's also a national version as well, Australia Council for the Arts, which is australiacouncil.gov.au. And I think only the last 12 months or so, they've started getting funding uh, back in their budget. They used to do it many years ago and it um, got the kibosh for some reason. But that's (laughs) up and running again and that closes uh, on the 7th of February. Oh, by the way, that song of the year one, I think, is the same about the 9th of February. Um, But the Australia Council one is the 7th and that's um, a variety of... uh, of grants for certain activities, um, which I have in front of me. Uh, one is for art projects um, between 10 to 50 grand. Uh, that could be for anything from creating new works, creative development, touring, festivals, productions, exhibitions, publishing, recording and market development activity. Uh, there's also regional performing arts and there's also a music touring program up to 15 grand, which I think is just through Australia. So head to their website and have a look. We'll chuck some uh, links in the show notes if you're interested. Uh, if you've got any questions or want to discuss it, head to claimthethrone.com slash contact and start a thread in the message board and I'll uh, monitor it. 
obviously we've done a bit of funding in the past and it's super helpful um a lot better option than relying on a crowdfunding or whatever i reckon uh, and it's it is very hard to get uh, but it, it's it's good doing an application it really makes you think about uh, the projects that you're undertaking um and you know only uh, only the best applications will be successful uh, and they have a pretty good um group of assessors who uh, will decide whether um, whether the project is, is a good decision and whether it's been planned out properly and all that. Uh, so it can only be a positive thing for your band. It's interesting that you say that a grant or something is a better option than or potentially a better option than crowdfunding and all that kind of stuff <clears throat> with, with the risk of sounding non-controversial for once. <laughs> I think the idea is that... Um, that's good about a grant is that you can still kind of go about your daily life as opposed to constant crowdfunding, like being sponsored with possible or anything, then you're kind of like sentencing your own life to change in a really major way, which scares me about the idea of, of having fans constantly propping you up as opposed to the traditional, you know, you do something and then people will just give you a once off payment and that's it. You've you're in it no deeper than that. For sure. I get with, um, you know, crowdfunding is, uh, is this a good way of validating an idea if you have it, um, you know, people are only going to uh, contribute or, you know, sign up or pledge if um, if they think that your project is worthwhile so you're putting it uh, in their hands and, and that's all well and good and cool but um, I just think people are a bit more blasé about it and bands might be as well and they're probably not held as accountable um, as they are in, in government uh, funding opportunities and I just think the programs are really well managed there and you do have to do acquittals afterwards and, you know, it's just it's following probably a, an appropriate um, procedure of you know, the, the worthwhile bands that can prove you know, that they've got a bit of a history, that they're well organised, that they've planned this project and they've thought about all the sorts of things and there's an actual selection criteria. And I just think it's quite a fair system. Um, you do have to do acquittals afterwards. You have to show, um, you know, how, how the your real spends met the actual budgets. You're supposed to keep receipts and invoices and, you know, just do everything properly and keep it above the board. Um, so, oh. you know, some people might say it's not entirely different, but um, I think once you've, yeah, once you've submitted a few applications and, and done the whole thing, you can see that it, it's, it's a very well-managed uh, thing. So I'm all for that anyway. And it's not so much in the limelight. It's not used as like a marketing ploy or anything like that. It's just just behind the scenes and um, it's only for projects that you're basically going to do anyway. Um, So if you're doing a tour, for example, and you want to apply for funding, you still need to book your tour. You still need to book your flights um, in in most instances anyway. So if you've got that as part of your application, you say, here's um, the invoices. This is exactly how much we've spent on flights. Um, We're confident in this project that we're going to be doing it anyway here's the booking confirmation emails and everything like that um yeah the the assessors just have a lot more um confidence in the project that you're going to be undertaking no that's cool and it's a different way of thinking it than i initially thought about it as well i've never really thought about it like it's a chance to prove your worth in a sense like yeah this is in real terms how uh you know, how active we've been or what we've been up to as opposed to, yeah, crowdfunding, which could be anything from something quite serious like that with a proven history of even a big band or whatever. 
but yeah, also small time bands can get in on that crowdfunding ground floor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they yeah, it's sort of unfettered. Like you can kind of do whatever you want, and in certain cases, kind of like pre-orders. You know, some you do hear the occasionally that the pre-orders yep. thing they take people's money and then don't deliver um, mm. as well. And yeah, no, that's kind of pretty cool. And you can always screw up a government thing as well. Like you can take the money and run. You but can, I, but um, yeah, if you if you do that, you're not going to get any more in the future, I guess. Um, that's true. But, and the, yeah. the kind of people that do take the money and run probably won't go to the insane amount of effort <laughs> required to actually get one. No, that's right. Mm. Totally. And uh, yeah, I think a good way of looking at it as well, um, a bit the same as pre-orders in that um, just just the confidence of knowing that your um, your project is sort of accounted for, uh, it puts you ahead of the game going forward as well. So if you can prove that you're a, um, you know, you've got a, a solid band structure and um, the band members have been together for a while and your band has been together for a while and you've got a future ahead of you, then... Um, yeah, you'll be likely to, well, you have a better chance of getting the funding um, and, you know, you'll come back from the tour where normally you might be five grand in debt, but all of a sudden you're ahead of the game and that helps you with the future tours. You can keep booking them and not having to keep dive into diving into your own pockets. Mm. Um, so, I don't know, you know, at the start of an album cycle or something like that, it really puts you ahead of the game and, and changes all the um, possibilities to accept opportunities as they arise. Cool. Anyway, we've crapped on about that stuff heaps of times before. Yeah. Go back through the last 64 episodes. I'm sure there's uh, lots of crazy shit to listen to from us. We had a real busy weekend, huh? You supposed to talk about that? Yeah, go for it. Well, we did a film clip, Cabba. How are you going? Oh, I'm well. <laughs> Pretty cool. It's been a very freaking long time since we've done one. Uh, well, three years at least. Uh, the Zephyrus one, which is on YouTube still. Uh, looking forward to getting a new one out from the new album. Uh, it'd be nice to have something different when people look us up on YouTube. They're not going straight to sit sail on ale for a change. Hopefully that'll be the plan. Mm. Um, and yeah, hopefully if all goes to plan, we'll have a, a few coming out as well for the next album cycle. Um, but it was a super cool one. We went uh, with our mates from Red Empire Media uh, who did do our set sale on our video clip many years ago. Uh, they've progressed hugely in the professional space since then um, and have previously probably been a bit out of our budget, but we managed to get hold of those pro suckers this time around. So pretty stoked about that and um, sure did pay off. I thought we, you had a really good day. You, you know, I joined the band just after you guys did set sale and released Ale Tales and it was a huge step up in just everything from, you know, even your photos, your video clip the production of the ep and all that stuff and then yeah we did forged in flame after a bunch of touring and did all this crazy stuff and we thought that the songs are really good but yeah the album itself because it was our first diy recording experience to me uh, it was great it was a great experience but it's kind of like the oomph of the album wasn't there which is why i think those songs are probably better live than they are on the recording Mm not as beefy as it, we wanted it to be. And then the film clip was a little bit the same because although, again, we liked it, um, it's kind of indicative of the time where we didn't have much of a budget because we'd blown all the money on recording gear. We weren't playing as many gigs to allow us to record this album ourselves. So then, yeah, we had a, a sort of a more low-key 
film clip, we got some guys that were just keen on getting some experience. And, um, yeah, they did a really good job with the small amount of gear and stuff they had. It was actually quite impressive what they pulled off with bugger all equipment. Um, and they put a hell of a lot. It was more manpower um, that got the clip looking as good as it did rather than having like a pro set up behind them. Whereas this this time we were able to kind of get the best of both worlds. You know, guys that are quite experienced, bunch of gear. They sourced out a studio for us and we went there and we met with them about ideas and just it it kind of seemed there was no obstacle really like because they have enough knowledge behind them to get the sort of product we were after. I thought the studio was really awesome. I've never done anything like that before. Um, in a studio, I mean, all of our previous clips have been uh, sort of outside, on-site sort of things. So this was uh, a very nice change, i got to say. Uh, the studio is called Cucumber in Perth, Australia, obviously. Cucumber spelt with a Q. So you can check them out up on uh, Facebook or Instagram and they've got a few pictures up there as well and I think they actually might be putting up a photo blog of some sort from what I can gather. Uh, and we got a bunch of photos on our Instagram as well if you want to um, have a gander. There's some pretty good ones there. You can get to see what the set was like in there. Um, but more of a, yeah, like a live sort of playing one and just, um, just yeah, some cool effect ideas, I guess. And, um, yeah, a few interesting things. Won't won't spoil it. But, but yeah, it felt good. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool, man. And it was very nice for it to be in a room, like a controlled space instead of out in the bush where we could go to the toilet and yep. use a fridge and have a glass of water and these mm-hmm. kind of things without having to trek for miles or disrupt the day by doing it. And yeah, man, I thought it was pretty awesome and it makes me want to do more of that style of film clip if we ever have to do them ever again. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, it was, it was quite awesome. Yeah, I don't know when that'll come out. It'll probably take a little bit to edit and put together still and um, obviously the album's not <laughs> even out yet, so... Uh, Probably be a good couple of months until anyone will get to see it, probably including us. Yeah, true. Uh, but I should be good. Looking forward to it. And then um, we'll pump something else out after that as well, hopefully. Um, yeah, my neck's pretty sore from headbanging a lot. Yeah. And uh, my stomach is sore from eating too much Domino's and drinking too much beer. That was actually very good. <laughs> it, was, it was good fun, eh? Yeah, finishing up the day by a uh, going to a pub finding out that their pizza day is not on and so they let us order dominoes into the pub so chilled out there that was really cool yeah that was great and uh went home and crashed the fuck out yeah me too well, we had that uh that gig on friday as well so it was super busy but it was a good show first one we've done in a bit as well at our amplifier bar in perth and uh yeah we played a couple new songs at that and a few oldies and one or two that we've never played Live before, which was uh, nice for a change. Decent turnout, good reception. Can't complain. No, it was like, for me, it felt like a bit of a rejuvenation after quite a a testing year at times doing doing the record and playing a sporadic gig and not really being in gig mode at all. And, um, yeah, just having to suddenly, oh, shit, got a gig next week, better rehearse and then... For me, anyway, sitting on the kit, it's like the first time I'd played a drum kit since the last time. You know, it's such a foreign thing. Whereas, like, I felt for this one, we we were more like a band again, which was really cool, um, and it was a nice feeling. And I think it probably showed on stage in how we 
we performed and yeah, we were able to just have more fun because yeah, we were pretty well rehearsed and a lot of that went down to just personal rehearsal, didn't it? Like a lot of hours by ourselves um, because everyone was again all over the country. So yeah, we got together for a couple of jams and yeah, turned out to be pretty good. So just goes to show you don't necessarily have to jam every single week for the band to still be good, but you do need to put in some decent rehearsals, I reckon. Um, yeah. But yeah. I think having the um, the set list sort of decided um, a fair bit in advance is kind of cool tactic. Um, yeah, as well as... So being, being familiar with the songs, very familiar with them, and also, um, like you said, individual practice, you know, practising drills, practising technique and just feeling more confident in yourself and being prepared when you get to jam and then you know uh, tightening things up as a as a group uh and then yeah like you say as well when you're on stage and when you're prepared and you're feeling confident you can just sort of take a step back and enjoy it a bit more and have a bit more energy on stage and Mm -hmm. uh yeah felt like it was our best show in a while and it has sort of been a weird 12 months or so for us with you know writing and recording and not doing that many shows and having an album finished and ready to go and it's still not out sort of thing like we've just decided not to release it just yet um so we're just sort of kind of in limbo not knowing mm. where we're going but I, I feel like yeah in a in a better place now with um yeah a wicked gig under our belt video clip on the way album's ready to go i don't know the future is bright i reckon i'm excited about it and it was nice actually listening to the album again in preparation for the film clip especially and just mm. going fuck that's something we've done and we've got in the bank and it's, you know, it's pretty good as far as we go. Um, so, yeah, it's a nice thing to be sitting on as opposed to, you know, the last Fortune Flame and Triumph and Beyond, we did actually sit on them for a month or so um, because we had a launch date and then whatever happened and we had to delay both of them a little bit. But actually maybe the feeling is the same, but we just got to this launch and it just, I felt like it, wasn't everything we were waiting for it to be whereas this time it's nice having the time to do a gig that's not a launch show mm-hmm. and um yeah have it like get the feeling of playing live and everything again especially with playing with a band like grotesque for instance who we haven't played a gig with in ages and our good friend josh wasley who's most likely listening to this was on stage <laughs> again it kind of felt like old times it was it was pretty cool Definitely. Um, I feel like I can relate to their situation a bit at the moment. Like, um, I know it's been a long time since they've had an album out as well. And um, it feels like they're just sort of kicking back into top gear. Now they've got their solid lineup happening and, mm. um, you know, not not playing heaps of gigs. But uh, I, I think especially this weekend, you could tell that they've they've got their new songs sounding sick and they've been practicing and, and raring to go. You can just sense that they've got that energy there and mm. ready to give it a red hot crack when the album comes out yeah no it is it is cool to see especially these old schoolers as well because yeah let's face it they they us we are all old schoolers these days hey old fucks yeah it's it's really funny (laughs) but um yeah it was a cool turnout too heaps of crew out that i haven't seen in ages and just didn't expect to see a lot of them actually um so that was nice yeah Perhaps being a bit of a prime cuts bash for Dicey was a bit of a milestone and um, people will probably uh, appreciate what that label has done over the years. So maybe they're just coming out to mm. celebrate that as well as I think it was a pretty strong lineup and um, 
yeah, I, I like those sorts of lineups. We generally have pretty cool ones at, at Amps um, with a newer band opening up, but they're always always good ones. And I think Solemn was a really good opener the other night too. Mm. Uh, lots of <coughs> promising signs from them. And uh, Silent Night, obviously, who are killing it. Mm. The new EP and that. So, uh, yeah, it's just good vibes all around. Real cool. Sweet. Any other uh, music shit happening? Man, always music shit happening. Um, are you going to talk to me about Cradle of Filth today? Yeah. Actually, that's probably my album of the week. It's got to be right. Let's talk metal. Okay. Drop it in. So, what was I looking for? I was actually looking for just new albums. D- tell me this. How the fuck do you find out what new albums have come out this year? Forget like in the last few months of 2016. If you wanted to find out every album that had come out in 2017, where would you go? Uh, there's a few things. If it's bands that I'm a big fan of, I'll generally see it pop up on my Facebook. So, for example, I'm most excited about the new Morse Principium Est album that's due out next month, I think. Sweet. And that's based on their Facebook uh, and Twitter, I think. Um, and then if there's something like Sepultura Machine Messiah that's just come out, I would see that on every <laughs> single fucking uh, <laughs> metal web scene social media and stuff and i did give it a crack as well um but honestly i reckon this year is going to be all spotify for me because i just go on the discover tab and it just brings up every new album that it knows for a fact that i'll enjoy it knows Um, it's from 2017 yeah it does yeah okay i I think every week they update it for the the latest metal albums that are out or whatever it is damn it um and also uh what is it called um metalstorm.net that I've talked about before and you can put all the filters on your search functions so you can put in 2017 whatever genre um, and it will also have like a ranking system so you can vote on the albums and that sort of thing so a variety of those methods cool and ye noted so I looked on the metal archives you know that old school site yep yep. did the same thing you do on metalstorm use the filters and listen to I think three 2017 albums in the first day of this Um, just because I was searching, I was listening to new music while I was searching for all this shit. Yeah. And so far they're pretty much all completely unsigned, um, bands just like, you know, never probably even played a gig before. (laughs) Um, but because metal archives, you can't really, you can get a gauge of what they are, but when you do the search, you just see a band name. Oh, it's in Apple music. Cool. I'll listen to it and then go at the end of it and go, okay, that band was pretty cool. Look them up and it's like completely unsigned, never played a gig. And you're like, oh, shit. Okay. Which that's not a bad thing. That's actually quite interesting. It made me think about uh, Reverb Nation and CD Baby and stuff that will throw your distro out for a fee to all these Spotify, Apple Music, etc. cetera. And um, yeah, without that kind of stigma of knowing that they were a pretty much just a local band in their local scene, it's been it's been pretty cool and trying to use Apple Music to do that. Um, I'm just slightly jealous of this Discover tab you've got going on Spotify. Yeah, it's actually in the Browse tab, I think. And then um, you can either browse like new releases or um, similar artists to what you've already been playing or continue watching, you know, mm. similar to Netflix sort of style thing. Uh, but then there's a Discover section within that and then, um, yeah, it'll... Yeah, it has all sorts of different ways to discover music based on um, what you listen to on there. So what sort of stuff have you been finding? Anything noteworthy worth mentioning? Should we just go into top albums of 2016 for us? 
Have we even done that? No, yet? we haven't. Oh, we yeah. just do it? Awesome, man. Totally. Okay, so number three for me is um, Dusk and Her Embrace the Original Sin. Hilariously, in the last few days, has just jumped up the top of my list because it's like one of my favorite albums. I really love it. It's a lot of nostalgia, but they released the original recordings. Yeah, explain this to me. So, so they the original recordings. They recorded their first album with a lineup, and then they wrote Dusk and recorded the whole album. And then they, I think they switched labels or something like that, and half the bands, like just the members, disappeared. Then they re-signed a new deal, got new members, and basically re-recorded the album with that new lineup. Okay. So what this is is the original recordings before the actual what we know now as Dusk and Her Embrace with this older lineup and it's got different songs, the track listing's different and um, a couple of demos on there. And yeah, it's really funny. Some of them, it really just sounds like pretty good pre-production. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's quite interesting to hear that after knowing the album in such a way for so long. Yeah, it's just like quite refreshing. It's strange. Yeah. I never thought I'd ever like that. But mm. I think rather than a band re-recording their classic album, it's like doing something before it even was a classic album. Mm-hmm. Yep, I found yep. it pretty cool. Yeah, I like the sound of that yeah. too. So what about you? Do you have a number three? Or number you don't three. have a list happening? I've got a lot more than three. It'd be hard to narrow it down. Or you don't have an order per se? I do, one to ten. Okay, so just give us from three to one. Or give us number three. Swallow the Sun, Songs from the North, that tri- triple album that they had. Was that 2016? It was. feels like a long time ago. Come on. Was, um, yeah, it was 2016. Um, so that was really cool. I just thought it was an epic um, release. Three three discs, shitloads of songs, one heavy disc, one acoustic disc, one a bit of a mishmash. Um, yeah, just awesome stuff to put on. bit doomy, bit melodic, uh, yeah, bit deathy, bit folky i don't know all all that sort of things pretty much sounds like the album would suggest just sounds like it's from north scandinavia and it makes you feel like you're in the mountains <laughs> songs from the north hate to burst your bubble but it mm. was released november 2015 you're kidding not kidding I'm surprised no one pulled me up on it yeah on, i did as soon as i heard you in that case my number three would be bellicor vessels ah interesting Um, I don't think it's that bad for your list to include something pre-Spotify age that came out right at the end of the year before. Yeah. Because you likely only bought that at the start of the year, right? I bought it in the middle of the year when I went to Europe. I bought it on a a disc in one of the metal stores, yeah. Mm. Crazy stuff. What's so good about Bellacore? Oh, it's just a band that I love, really. I just love the sound that they've got. It's been a while since the last one came out, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, just a wicked sound in general. Awesome vocals. Uh, songwriting's really cool. Um, I like the piano sounds in it. Yeah, just overall good songs. Nice dark vibe to it. Mm. Uh, probably doesn't live up to, say, Stone's Reach that yourself and myself are huge fans on. Mm-hmm. Um, but in its own right, it, it is what it is and I really dug it uh yeah i am in agreement and that's actually my number two album mm-hmm. of the year balacor mm-hmm. wessels kepler wessels um yeah for the same reasons you say 
Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Didn't grab me as quickly as, well, especially as Stone's Reach, but yeah, yeah, I was pretty stoked with it in general. And after a few listens, I, I think it's quite an awesome album. So mm-hmm. that was number two for me. What about your number two? Oh, yeah. So my number two, uh, Moon Sorry, You Mountain Acre, another band from Finland. World up. <laughs> yeah. Did I beat you to it? No, no, but that that probably should be my legit number three because that's possibly my third most listened to album from last year. Yeah, you know, well, honestly, I haven't even listened to it as much as I would like to. I don't know they're just a band that I've always loved, and whenever it's on, I don't know. I just totally feel it. I really dig mm-hmm. the vocals and the epicness and just how long all the songs are. It's something you can either have on in the background or something you can really crank. Um, when you're doing shit around the house or driving or whatever, and um, yeah, I'm still still not sick of it. Is what I'm trying to say. Like I'll keep pumping that throughout this year too. Yeah, uh, man, I think it's an awesome album, and I've listened to it quite a lot. As I said, I also bought, I think, a shirt. I bought the digi pack and the shirt and a normal CD of it <laughs> last year. Oh, cool. Immediately pre um, this Apple Music venture for me as well. So yeah, it's been. That's been a big one. Cool. And then, yeah, my number one, number cum, is um, yeah. Inverloc. Yeah. Distance collapsed. Of course it is. Cool. Interesting that they've taken over Bellacore for you. But I think as an album as a whole, that thing is a ripper, eh? Funny, I didn't even consider that that's two bands in my top three are Australian. In fact, two bands yeah. in my top two are Australian last year. <laughs> it's pretty cool. weird. I like how these guys do a lot of super repetitive lines and they're almost clean tone in parts and yeah fucking i found it really interesting and then just there's just little moments of sort of death metal in there and got that off bandcamp as well did you sure did both yeah off bandcamp bought the digital album fucking when it came out and then the vinyl much later in the year and then realized it's on apple music and went fuck yeah sick oh that's definitely one i'll keep listening to throughout this year as well i think i haven't given it enough time yet but um, yeah, I've given it a handful of of uh, playthroughs and I know it's fucking awesome. Uh, Number come for you? Yeah, for me, that band that I was crapping on about the other week called Whispered, mm. from also from Finland, top top three albums. Oh no, well anyway, another one from Finland. Their album was Metsutan Songs of the Void. Mm. And I think just when I put this top ten together was when I was um frothing over that band a bit because I'd never heard of them before and mm. so the reason it would make it to number one for me would be that I don't know just finding a whole new band that I've never heard of before and it's right up my alley and they've got a whole discography that I've been able to go back through and just enjoy and um yeah it's not often that I'll come across a band that I haven't even heard the name before and it strikes me as much as this one did uh, so I just got particularly excited about it lots of wicked shredding and um i don't know just just pretty classic sort of uh finished sounding melodic death um but just being a bit different with that whole oriental styled theme uh which just makes it yeah stand out from from other stuff going around at the moment yeah um, cool that's yeah, a surprise that's i didn't think you would have picked that um like again because it's a band i've never really heard of either had a listen when you were crapping on about them thought it was pretty cool um, but yeah, it's definitely more up your alley in that sort of faster, 
yeah, power metal riffing style thing, whatever that is. I don't even quite know what that is. I, eh? I don't know. Winter like sunny, a, a, yeah, mix of winter sun with fucking dragon force or Kalmar or mm. some different stuff like that, um, but with their own thing. And I actually thought they were Japanese when I first heard them. Me too. And watched the video clips, and, and they they take that pretty, pretty seriously by the looks of it. Yeah. Um, but alas, finish. And um, no, thought that was really cool. According to Spotify, my albums of the year were uh, Catatonia and Forknagger. <laughs> I gotta listen. What, okay, what's an old Catatonia album that is brooding? Oh, old brooding ones is like um, uh, Brave Murder Day, perhaps for example. Okay. Uh, or even even earlier, I guess. Uh, anything with that old logo that they've got. Um, the Brave Martyr Day. <laughs> my favourite of theirs is probably The Great Cold Distance, which is like the the mid-era Catatonia where it's like a bit deathy and a bit clean singing and Dead End Kings, those sorts mm. of albums, where it's a combo of both of the newer ones are just all clean vocal, whereas the older ones before this stuff was all just deathy doom, mm. which you would you would definitely dig, I reckon. Interesting. Yeah, Brave Murder Day or um, oh, there's one really... Um, in terms of 2017 albums that I have listened to so far, there's two mm. that I listened to that, um, that I thought were pretty cool. I wouldn't quite say they're like super albums of the year, but one that I think you'll quite like is this band called Ruin and the album is called Ruin. So self-titled mm. album. It is on Apple Music. So, And I'm pretty okay. sure they're unsigned. So I assume they've done some kind of distro thing. It'll be interesting to see if they're on Spotify. And um, yeah, yep. it's, it's listed as death metal or black metal, but it's kind of... I don't even know. It's kind of got its... They're big Opeth worshippers, I reckon. Um, cool. And they mix that with some some other, yeah, like I guess black metal, sort of, I guess maybe black metal era Opeth kind of thing, if people yep. don't get too angry at me for saying that. <laughs> um, yeah, just when I thought I was getting sick of it and wanted, not getting sick of it, but just, okay, cool, this is cool, and about to skip a song, it would something interesting would happen and it actually kept me through till the, till the end, which is a rarity these days for me just being being able to you know oh fuck i can listen to any old thing at the tip of a button it was pretty cool to get through all of that the other one was um awesome. definitely check it yeah that's curated just for you the other one was called skeptic not anti-skeptic that's called worship the end and they're a tech death band from uh the u.s they look yeah. about 12 years old <laughs> um, but they play music that's something I would describe it as a cross between um, Necrophagist and Black Dahlia Murder. Okay. And it's like these kids have like just really got intensely into both of those bands. And um, yeah, the main songs sound like Black Dahlia, like Miasma era Black Dahlia Murder. And then the leads and all all that sort of stuff sound like um, fucking uh, Necrophagist. So yeah, quite right, interesting. It's legit stuff, like played and not um, programmed. Man, it totally, it could fool me in bits, but I reckon it's pretty much played. You Just have a listen and tell me what you think about it. Okay. Because, um, yeah, it's not like the greatest thing ever. Uh, but, yeah, I was quite entertained and I found it refreshing. Both of those albums actually quite refreshing that, you know, they definitely use triggered kicks and all of those things, which I actually think are quite important in metal to use but you can tell that there's a a player behind the sounds which is pretty yep. awesome so 
All right, sweet. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with those. I will be honest. Mm-hmm. No others. So, um, nothing. No, you don't want to know what else I've been listening to. <laughs> but I am hanging out for new Pain of Salvation. I'm not sure why, but oh, just right. just to check it out, and also the new Paul Bearer. Oh, okay. And I've got these bands on my Apple Music, and I've refused to listen to the two songs that they've got available. And I'm waiting for the day that they are, um, the whole album list is available and then I'm just going to listen to them. Yeah. So I think that's a cool feature, finding out something is going to be released, adding it to yep. your playlist and then it's there the day that it comes out. Although strangely... That is good, yeah, yeah. this is supposed to have come out already, I'm pretty sure, and it hasn't, which has given me the shits. But, yep. um, yeah. Does it have... um? On Apple Music, do they do many of the bands if they have an upcoming release, like they'll stagger the songs, like maybe one song will come out a month before the rest of the album? There's two songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's two songs available. Oh, okay. So it's got the whole track listing and only a couple are available. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That was the same with Super yeah, Heist. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's the same with Morse Principia MS that I mentioned before. I think they've just they had one song and I think they've put another one out, which I haven't heard yet. Uh, but that's some ripping uh, melodic death shred too. That, uh, I'm excited for the other one is um have you heard the latest winter sun news uh you did mention it but mention it again for everyone uh, well with that whole um time two thing that has taken a lot of time <laughs> to come out all of a sudden they've just after like a year of complaining about all sorts of variety of things on social media they've all of a sudden just got an announcement that there's a new album coming out instead of time two that's 100 percent finished and coming out like asap i don't know the date exactly called the forest sessions i think what uh, the hell hey oh the forest seasons it's called and uh fully done a fully written album uh so yeah i don't know i don't know a lot more else about it yet but expect that this year apparently yeah that's interesting i wonder if they mean like this year as in just some stage this year it's not really done but we're trying to keep fans interested as of last week, uh, just having a quick check on their face here, it says next week we'll release the album track list and everything will become very clear to you. Yeah. Whatever that means, it's a bit cryptic. Still sounds like bullshit to me. <laughs> yeah. You wonder why they wouldn't because he's done so much of his own recording in the past that, you know, why wouldn't they be able to do it? And they're great players and everything. It just would mean that they themselves have to be happy with it before they release it. So Yeah. I mean, I obviously haven't got a problem with songwriting, like pumping out the songs. Yeah. Um, if there's been a whole another album's worth of material waiting there and then, you know, another EP waiting to go as well. So, yeah, maybe they're just not happy with the other songs or something. Who knows? Yeah, there's a guy there that said, lots of acoustic stuff, I bet, and then Winter Sun go, nope, winky face. Mm. Um, God knows. We'll see. Yeah, it's it's funny, man. Uh, this whole accessibility to the bands it's just pissed me off with winter sunlight i don't begrudge necrophagist at all because you never hear anything about a new album or anything at all um but these guys have been teasing stuff since since before the last time album came out they were like oh it's almost done almost done oh computer problems almost done and then they say it's not done but we're releasing half of it which is a full album that's a pretty long album yeah um but it's just made me be annoyed at them whereas like now that i don't really do much social media i don't seem to care at all until anyone mentions (laughs) it to me so 
yeah, sometimes it's nice to live in a bubble and just like have bands do what they do. But I, I, yeah, I do also see that it must be hard when they're trying to do it as a job. Like they want to stay relevant. They want people to buy their shit when it comes out. Um, They've had a lot of um, of arguments with fans on social media. I think probably got a bit carried away with it all, taking to Facebook to complain about money or studio problems or labels or whatever they want to complain about. Mm. Probably, probably a a fine line there as to uh, yeah what you should. What sort of info you should release and mm. what you should hold off on. Um, yeah. But anyway, whatever. Mm. And then here's us. We crap on about everything we're up to every few weeks or so on this thing. Well, you know, if if, if Yari from Winterson wanted to have his own podcast, I think that would be a better avenue I agree. of just explaining how it all works. And if people are interested, then they tune in and listen to it. Fuck yeah. Why doesn't he do that? I don't know. Why doesn't any band on earth do it apart from us? Yeah, it is a weird one. And maybe there's a few others out there, but I don't know. It's like the easiest thing you could possibly do with your time as a band person. You don't have to, like, do anything. You just chat and technically, like, you know, fuck, you just plug in a microphone and hit record. It's pretty easy. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's funny that more people don't. Testimony to that is that um, we only have eight regular listeners to this podcast, so maybe they'd think it's not (laughs) worthwhile. We're the great experiment. (laughs) Whatever. What else? I did actually find this podcast only today, something called the mm. Weathervane podcast, and I'm a okay. little bit confused about what it actually is. I'm just having a quick Google now. Here we go. Weathervane was created in 2009 to find new holistic ways to create and support independent music through projects, mm. community of members, blah, 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 vision, blah, 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 and they've got a podcast. Um, oh yeah so projects shaking through and that's what i heard about but didn't actually look it up they've got a weathervane edu recording workshop toolkit podcast weathervane techniques and concerts so they yeah it sounds like they do a whole bunch of shit um awesome i'll definitely check that out oh here we go shaking through is an interactive series that gives select artists unparalleled opportunities to create new work we share all the raw audio files, mix stems, recording notes, and final mixes. That's what I heard about today and right. didn't understand it till just now. Yes. Fuck, man. Seems like there's a lot of episodes on this, which is pretty awesome. Okay. But yeah, you need to have membership. So it's almost like a documentary series. All right. Yeah, it's a documentary yep, series. Yep. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. the podcast is just pretty much straight up a podcast with interview guests. Any bargains with Ash going at the moment? Um you better believe it. That that Epiphone Strat is still up, by the way. No one's fucking <laughs> okay. bought it. That's been a while. Yeah, it has been quite a while. And so that's steady at $350. I'm sure you could talk that person down if you want a Strat sound. You probably don't if you're in a metal band listening to this because they have single coils and you'll get a gnarly buzz. But if you like that twangy Strat sound, like I said, it's a, um, it's a way to get in on the ground floor. Actually, what was that one the other day? I said to you, the Ibanez... Oh, it was similar to my one, weren't you saying? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's within the first two or three Ibanez RG7s that were ever released. Um, Cabba's actually playing one live at the moment, which is a... Fuck, I don't know the model number. It's like a 1527 or something like that. Um, basswood guitars, Damasio pickups. In this case, a Floyd Rose or at least a licensed floating trem. Um, but yeah, sweet ass action. And if you're done with all the crazy shapes hurting your shoulder, it's nice to have mm-hmm. a balanced sort of super strat shaped guitar 
So that's probably a bargain dash that's available on Gumtree at the moment. It says it's never Gumtree. used $500. So yeah, check that one out. Cool. Where was the Strat? Is that eBay? That was also Gumtree in Perth. Gumtree as well. Mm. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Yeah, I did see a bargain with Ash the other day. It was an Epiphone, 70s Epiphone acoustic Dreadnought guitar. Um, and it was 399 bucks. And I went, you got to be joking me. And it sold within, you know, the next time I went to look for it, it was gone. Really? Yeah. Mm. Um, that would have been... people just hanging out to find that sort of shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, bargains with Ash. There you go. You want to buy some shit? <laughs> go buy it. Love it. Uh, bargains with Claim the Throne. We've got two gigs coming up uh, in the near future, one being Saturday the 4th of February in Perth, uh, and that's for Rust in Perth all-day festival at the Civic Hotel in Inglewood uh, with tons of awesome local bands and a few from around the country as well. So you can check that out. Head to Facebook, type uh, Rust in Perth 2017 in your search and you'll find that there. Uh, and then we're also playing a special acoustic set in March, uh, on the 25th of March, as part of uh, the Storm Rider Festival in Perth at Badlands in the city uh, for fans of power metal, thrash, folk, and all sorts of cool stuff from around the country. So check that out too. And um, we'll definitely have some cool uh, announcements coming over the next month or so as well uh, in terms of other shows and hopefully some info on the album soon too cool what should we play what about some ruin or septic one of those things you're talking about yeah fuck yeah pick one of them and we'll uh we'll link to it in the show notes so uh, if you dig it go and buy it or listen to it on your streaming service <laughs> hey just as a quick aside yeah listen to the bobby osinski podcast the other day and he said that streaming subscribers are now at over 100 million yeah and it's i think in the last year don't quote me on this, but I was, I'm under the impression that more record label revenue came from streaming subscriptions and et cetera wow. than it did from physical sales for the first time ever. Mm. I could be completely wrong. And I did see a list where it was like Adele, number one most uh, bought album last year with like one and a half million. Um, and then most streamed was or digital sales actually was like Rihanna or something like that. Adele was number two for that one, but that was like a million or something. So yeah, it's, they're pretty much neck and neck in terms of sales at very least, if not digital did slightly more in general. And it's very, very early days. So give it a couple more years and it'll be um, pumping over it, I reckon. Yeah. And you and me famously on this podcast announced that we had switched to Spotify and... <laughs> Apple Famously Music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I'd like to go back and listen to our first few episodes. As I think I used to be probably anti-Spotify just because I was stubborn and didn't want the ways to change because I've got a big CD collection and I don't want them to be obsolete. Unless it but, is Fear Factory. You know, when you yeah, when you um when you really give some of these um platforms a go, they're really pretty amazing. Um, even Netflix, I was sort of always not too keen to take that on straight away, but now that I use it, it's sort of hard to imagine a life without it and could you imagine if we made like listeners of this podcast get into bands like ruin for instance <laughs> and they get a huge following and they're just some unsigned band from america and then well, we have them on the podcast and, yeah. shit, and there's suddenly a thing in our town wouldn't that well, be if you weird? guys uh, know any members of ruin out there put them in touch with us info at claim the but um i think it's things like spotify and 
uh, uh, I've forgotten what you said the deal is, is with playlists on um, Apple Music, but um, I mean, all it takes is for someone who's got a, a hugely popular playlist on Spotify, for example, they just need to chuck a song or two of a band like Ruin or Skeptic onto their list and, um, you know, that gets you a shitload of exposure. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, one tip for bands out there if you're utilising Spotify, um, find a few popular playlists that you reckon you would fit well on and um, and contact the... Reach out to the person that manages that playlist, and they might be able to chuck a couple of songs on for you. Um, reach a few new fans. I'm yet to do that, but it's on the to do list, I guess, with a new album coming out. You should start doing your own playlist, Gabba. I actually have done mm. a few, um, but I haven't got any followers on it, and I actually haven't <laughs> spent enough time learning how to use it properly yet. And I don't know if they're like because I've gone to create a public playlist mm. and, and done whatever I wanted to do. Um, but was not 100% convinced that it is actually public. Oh, yeah. But we'll see. I don't know. I'll, maybe I'll pimp it one day. I'll tell oh. you what, I'll put some links to the playlist in the um, in the show notes to this episode at claimthethrone.com slash podcast. And cool. if you're into uh, extreme folk metal, that will be the one I'll be <laughs> pimping the most, <laughs> i.e. Managam. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> you might like that playlist, actually, Ash. Probably I would pity I'm on Apple on Music. Oh, shit. I'm, I'm glad that service. you are so that we can tell each other about the best of each platform. Yeah, I'm never well. changing, by the way. Well, it's hard because it's going to be hard to justify using more than one as well. Yeah. How do you decide which one to, to go in the future? And I don't know if there's a few others starting to take off as well. Aren't Amazon doing some sort of streaming thing as well? They sure are. And they're yeah. a huge, huge, got a fucking mm. massive market share of just the market full stop. Yeah. Um, the interesting one will really be no lost it. <laughs> Sounds fascinating. Thanks for sharing that with us, Ash. Something to do with Netflix. I think it was supposed to be funny, and I just fucking <laughs> zoned out. Okay, the, what I was going to say is um, the interesting one will be whether Pro Tools exists for much longer in general, or at very least in my life. Mm. Um, I've I've recently mentioned to Owen because they've switched to a subscription service, and it's really fucked me off because mm. it hasn't really fucked me off but it's really made me not want to upgrade because i like my computer to be separate from the world yeah uh, i don't i don't want to collaborate with you on it oh maybe i do actually that's an idea maybe i do want to collaborate with you on projects over the net but because my internet's not very fast i'd rather just have things contained in my house and so not you can't do that now you can't just buy a copy of pro tools i don't think you can install it no yeah wow. it's that's it's weird because i'm on creative cloud with um adobe at the moment yeah. and that's pretty cool but in terms of pro tools i'm still using my copy of pro tools 11 um, which i only upgraded to because it was 64 bit but then i've stopped because i don't need anything else mm. so i think the real story from here on out will be me switching to possibly reaper yeah or something like that down the track if if pro tools stops support for Pro Tools 11, like I get a new Mac or something, like, or get a new computer in general, and I'm unable to install 11 on that new one because of operating system or some shit. This could be an entire episode in itself. Mm. I'm looking forward to hearing more as you delve yeah. deeper into that one. That'll be well down the track, but I have definitely thought about the possibility mm. that I won't be using it for too much longer. Mm. Um, mm. 
Anyway. Crazy stuff. We'll That's come it. back to that. Sweet. Thanks, bloke. Thanks, everyone out there. And we'll catch you again uh, very soon. Cool. All right. See you, mate. Laters.